Wow, awesome. Awesome to remember what this time of year is all about. And hey, my name is Matt. I want to welcome you. We're one church in six different locations, and we're online, and we're also in multiple languages, and we're delighted. However you're tuning in, we are delighted that you're sharing this experience with us on this weekend as we move forward into our, uh, into our Christmas season. Hey, before we get into part two of this message, we've got uh, some kind of what we might call church business. We have elders that oversee uh, me and our staff, our direction of our, of our ministries. They're, they're elders that uh, shepherd people and help us take care of one another and stay true to the Word of God. And these, uh, these individuals go through a very robust kind of process of prayer and discernment. And the criteria that we find in the New Testament in, in 1 Timothy and in Titus. So we have the names of folks who have kind of gone through this process of discernment. And per our bylaws, the last phase is for us to share their names with you for prayer and discernment. As you see these names, you may not know everybody, but just ask you to pray for them. Pray for this process. It's about a two-week kind of rest period. And if you have any questions, any concerns, anything you want to share, you're welcome to email me directly, matt at rockbridge.cc, matt at rockbridge.cc, as we go through this process uh, to kind of continue just to be a faithful church where Paul says in Titus, he says, hey, appoint elders in every town. And, and that's kind of what we're about uh, as they provide that structure for us, that continuity for us, and that collective plurality of godly leadership. Join with me right now, all of our campuses. I want to pray for ourselves, to, for our services. I want to pray for these individuals and pray for this Christmas season. In the name of Jesus, God, we're here in that name, you hear us, God, not because uh, we're perfect, not because we pray perfect prayers, but we come in the name of Jesus. God, we lift this church up to you. Thank you, God, for the folks that uh, help us hear from you, uh, our elders. Thank you for our staff. Thank you for our team. Thank you for our church members. God, as we're in this time of elder selection and affirmation, we just pray for your will to be done. We pray for these individuals and their families. Thank you, God, for their willingness to serve in this capacity. And uh, Lord, we just pray you'd anoint them and anoint this process. God, I want to pray for this Christmas season and thank you for it. And I pray, God, that none of us uh, would miss the reason for this season or take it lightly, but that we would rejoice in that. And God, be with us this weekend. May we leave different than when we walked in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. So we're in uh, this Rockbridge at Christmas series, and last week Pablo kicked us off, and we're really talking about unexpected presents. That's kind of the theme for the last couple of weeks, is just things that happen that are unexpected, but they end up being a gift that, we, that, that maybe we didn't at first expect that it would be a blessing, it would be a gift. And last week he talked to you about interruptions. Well, this week to kind of prime the pump, I'm just going to ask you a kind of a true or false question. If you're like a note taker, you can flip your bulletin over to the back side. And there's a little blank that says true or false. And so you answer for you, true or false to this statement. True or false, God will never put too much on us. True or false, do you think, hey, that's true. God will never give me more than I can handle. And if that's true of you, fine. We're going to work our way through that. Or you'd say, no, false. God will put too much on us. It happens all the time to me, and that's the situation that I'm in. And your view of God, in many ways, is shaped by kind of how you answer this question. Because some of us, we've gotten mad at God because he felt like we felt like he did put or allow or permit too much to come on us, right? And then others of us, man, life is good, so God is good. God doesn't give me more. 
more than I can handle. It's smooth sailing. You know, and, and it's ironic because at Christmas, when it's this time that we're supposed to sort of slow down and remember what God did for us, most of us speed up. And we, and we always talk about, hey, are you ready for Christmas? Now, I, most of the time, that does not mean do you have the Christmas spirit. Most of the time, that means have you gotten all your presents done? You know, you got your food ready to go because all the people that you're going to, you know, hang out with. And, and, and so a lot of times at Christmas, it's like, man, I've just got so much to do, right? And, and, and I'll be glad when it's over. And, and so we wrestle with that tension and we wrestle with, hey, would, would God really put too much on us? Would, would God really give Matt Evans more than Matt Evans can handle? Would God do that to you? Would God do that to you? And, and so we're going to find the answer out. And the answer is right in the middle of, of the Christmas story. And we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, and, which is going to take us to a prophecy about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 7. So if you've got Matthew, you can open that up, turn your Bible, turn your phone on. However you get there, you can follow along with me. And, and we're just going to see someone kind of go through their life or what they thought was their life. And we're going to see whether this is true or false or not. And, and, the, and then based on the answer, we're going to see how to deal with it. All right, so here we go. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at the Christmas story through the perspective of really what amounts to Jesus's stepdad, Joseph. All right, here we go. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. <coughs> Excuse me. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So uh, now Mary's a part of this. She's given God permission for that. That was Luke chapter 1. But Joseph doesn't know this. Joseph just knows the girl he's engaged to be married is pregnant. Now, you and I don't have to be, you know, we don't have to have watched days of our lives to know what that means, right? So he goes to that conclusion. And he goes to the conclusion, well, Mary has slept around, cheated on me, not been faithful to me. So what do you do? Well, so her husband, or really fiancé, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Now, now let's just stop. This is not what Joseph expected. There's an unexpected present right there. Hey, you, your, your fiancé is pregnant. And uh, he doesn't know that God's behind it. He doesn't know any of that. But he, he gets a, a situation that's like, I, I don't think I can handle this. I, I don't think I can stay engaged to a woman who, who would cheat on me. And so right in the middle, the, right out of the gate of the Christmas story, here's what we get. Joseph gets more than he can handle. With Mary, he got more than he bargained for. Right? And so he's like, I just got to get her out of my life. I'm not going to disgrace her. I'm not going to call her out in front of the religious authorities. I'm going to do this quietly and discreetly. But I can't handle this kind of relationship. I can't handle this kind of marriage. The story continues in verse 20. But after he had considered or thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Let's remember your lineage. You, you, we trace your, you all the way back to the, to the king, King David. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now, why do we feel fear? Isn't fear a response to, hey, I've got too much on me and I'm not sure I can handle it? Isn't, I mean, fear is like, I'm not sure I can handle this, so I'm going to be careful. I'm not sure I'm hand, I can handle this, so I'm going to step back. I mean, fear is a response to stress or adversity or challenge. And, and so right, right in the middle of this, Joseph's afraid. But the angel says, hey, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It's okay. Because, here's why, what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's from God is inside of her doing something. And she's going to give birth to a son. And you are to name him Jesus. And Jesus is really translated as the Lord saves because he will save his people from their sins. Now, let, let me just, let's just pause for a second. If I need somebody to save me, 
Doesn't that mean I'm in a situation I can't handle? Right? So the name of Jesus tells us, hey, something's gone wrong in the world. Something's gone wrong in us. And I need God to invade my world to save me from something that I can't save myself from. Now, Matthew loves to point us, if you read the Gospel of Matthew, he loves to point us to prophecy, things that were said hundreds of hundreds of years before this and how it ties in. So he says, now all this, or excuse me, he says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant. He's quoting from Isaiah 7. We'll get there. And, and, and will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, now, even think of the name God with us. I mean, some of us, you know, we sort of live with this notion that, hey, God's just sort of off, off in the distance. He's the man upstairs. He's the creator. But down here, Monday through Saturday, down here, you know, Monday through Friday, down here, my, my, my nightlife, my, my internet life, I don't really need God. But when, when the name Emmanuel is spoken over Jesus and, and God's saying, hey, I need to be with you, you need my presence. You need me to be with you. That's telling me, man, I, I need God. And, and that maybe there's things in my life that I need him for. If I need a police escort, I'm in a situation I, that may be too much for me. So right here in the first story, the first Christmas is too much for Joseph. The names of Jesus and the names of Emmanuel tell us that, hey, something's going on in this world, in our lives, that's too much for me to handle. And, and so back to our question, true or false, will God put more on us? Yes, he will. And yes, life is dealt to us that way. Now, we don't like that, and, and we kind of resist that, but here, here's the question. Is too much on you and me, is it a blessing or a burden? And we're going to wrestle with that. But now, right, right here at this part in the message and it's part of the story, we're like, man, that is a burden. I mean, most of us are not saying, thank you, God, can I have another, right? Hey, this is a terrible season. God, can I have some more of that? No, no, it's a burden. And what, we want God to remove the burden. We want God to get rid of the burden. We, we, we don't like burdens, right? But, but what I'm going to ask you is this. Hey, if, if we really understood the unexpected gift of God allowing, permitting, or causing too much to fall on us, where we can't handle it, where we can't deal with it, where we want to throw in the towel on God or on life or on marriage or on our finances or on, on our shame or on our guilt or whatever. We just want to throw in the towel and say, God, I can't take it anymore. If we knew what God was doing, blessing or burden, and that's the journey we're going to go on. Now, to help us get there, we're going to use that prophecy that Matthew quoted where, when he talked about the virgin will be with child and they're going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to look at when and why that prophecy was given. And it's remarkable. Okay? So we go to Isaiah chapter 7. Let me give you a little background. It's a little political military background. All right? So Judah is being led by King Ahaz. And he's threatened by an alliance between Israel and Aram. All right, and so there's all this geopolitical stuff going on back then between the two superpowers of Egypt and Assyria, and in between were these small kingdoms. Judah and Israel, they've divided up into two, the, the people of God, the Jews have divided into two kingdoms, and so one kingdom under Judah is being threatened by an alliance with the other kingdom of Israel and Aram. And so King Ahaz is considering aligning himself with a very evil regime and a superpower known as Assyria to 
protect against the, the pending invasion of Judah. And into this, the prophet Isaiah comes and begins to speak to the king. So the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. Now, if you tremble like trees in the forest shaking in the wind, there's something on you that you would raise your hand and say, this is too much for me. So not only do we have the Christmas story in Matthew 1 being too much for Joseph, not only do the names of Jesus imply that God has allowed or will put too much on us, but the very prophecy that tells us Jesus will be born of a virgin and will be given the name Emmanuel, that very prophecy is born in a context where there was too much on the king of Judah. So, so let me just say this. I, I'm a realist and I'm truthful, okay? I, we can listen to prosperity preachers on TV who will say God wants nothing but to give you wealth and health and he's not going to put more on you than you can handle. That is a biblical lie. That is a deception from Satan. And if we don't embrace and understand that our God does permit, does cause, does allow too much to come upon us, we'll miss a potential big deal thing that we'll get to at the end. Because I know some of you are like, Matt, I don't know if I believe you. I, I'm, I'm praying for you, okay? When we get to the end, when we see something, Lord willing, and we're praying, Holy Spirit, help us see this, help us see, I, I hope we leave with something better than what we came in here with. That's what I'm praying right now. And I ask all of you in this room who are believers in Jesus, who are believers in the Word of God, you join me right now in praying that God gives us eyes to see what He is really doing when too much comes upon us. Because it's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout the Christmas story. And here it is in the Christmas prophecy. All right, so the Lord says to Isaiah, who's the prophet during that day, He says, go out to meet Ahaz and say to him, and this sounds real insensitive, right? But God's working on something. Calm down and be quiet. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I've got an army about to invade my capital city. What do you mean calm down and be quiet? God, my, I, I, I can't handle what's going on at work. What do you mean tell me to calm down and be quiet? God, the, the doctor just said, what do you mean calm down and be quiet? I mean, it seems very, 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 very insensitive. But he, and he keeps going. He says, don't be, he says, don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering sticks. And he's saying, they're already defeated. You just don't know it yet. He says, the fierce anger of Raisin and Aram, for Aram, they've plotted harm against you, but, but don't be afraid of them. And, and so let me pause. What do you do when you have too much on you? Now that we've established that life and or God We'll put cause too much to fall upon us, stuff where we want to throw in the towel. Now we establish that. What do you do when you've got too much on you? I mean, remember what I said, Aram, he's thinking, well, maybe I'll go align myself with this unholy empire called Assyria. Joseph's like, well, I'm just going to divorce her. I'm going to do it quietly. What do you do when you have too much on you? I mean, you know, you know there's some usual suspects. Some of us, you know, you go drink something. Some of us, we get mad. Some of us were like, yeah, God, you're in charge, but on this section of the highway of life, why don't you go to the passenger seat and let me drive? And, and we become functionally an atheist. And, and some of you are like, Matt, this is why I don't believe in God. This is why I walked out on God. Because if, if you knew what happened to me 10 years ago, 5 years ago in my first marriage, you would have said, God's not good. God's not in control. I, if it's to be, it's up to me, baby. 
And, and that's become your mantra. Listen, I get it, I get it, I get it. So, so just, just embrace whatever you, you know, write it down, put it in your mouth. What do you do when you have too much on you? And just hold that thought for just a second. And let's see where, where this prophecy takes us. All right? I mean, let me stop. I mean, for me, let's just, let me be honest. When there's too much on me, I'm not great to be around. Yes, my wife and kids, right? I, 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 I get easily agitated. I get easily frustrated. And, 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 and I will take things out on my family, and they have no idea why. Because I go to that place of just frustration, and, you know, it's like when you want to grip something really hard, like, eh. Like, I'm, the harder I grip the steering wheel, maybe the more control I'm in, right? That's what I do. Well, I don't know about you. What do you do? Let's hold that thought. Because God's got something to say. And we're praying we see what he says. Here's what he says. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. Meaning, this, this, this army arrayed against you, Aram, they, they don't stand a chance. It will not occur. So it, don't have to worry about it. But he says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, then you do not stand at all. If you do not trust me, King, you're not going to last. If you resort to your, what, you, what you typically do when, you're, when you've got too much on you, King, and you're thinking about this unholy alliance with Syria, if that's what you're going to do, then you're not going to stand at all. So, so Matt, 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 if you insist on just getting agitated and frustrated and trying to grip the steering wheel of life, to, you know, put the death grip on it to try to just maintain some semblance of control. If you do that, Matt, and you, and you don't trust me and you don't have faith in me, then, then Matt, you're just not going to stand at all. If you go and just try to drink your problems away, it's not going to work out well. If you try to go and scheme and plot and manipulate other people or relationships, it's just not going to work out very well. That's what God would say to us right here. If it, through his word, he's here with us. Through his Holy Spirit, he's here with us. That's what he would say. And listen, listen, listen. I, I, I know, you know, we, we've got people from all walks of life here, which is so beautiful. And if we had time, there's some of you, you would say, Matt, that, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where my marriage is at. That's where my faith is at. What little bit I have left. What little bit I have left. And, and, and that's okay because here's what I think God wants us to see, okay? If you had to say, God, what's the biggest problem that we face as human beings? King, King, King if you said, hey, King Aram, what's the biggest problem? And he would say, my biggest problem is these, these two kings that have aligned against me that are trying to invade me. That's my biggest problem. And I think God would say, that's not your biggest problem. If, if you're sitting here and, and you're facing a divorce or you're facing cancer or you're facing, you know, hey, man, it's Christmas and we got to get the, the, the business in the black and it's, uh, right now we're, we're off last year's numbers. That's my biggest problem, Matt. God would say, listen, I love you, but the greatest problem you face is not having too much to handle. The greatest problem you face is relying on yourself and trying to be independent when you handle it. That's the greatest problem you face. The greatest problem you face is trying to handle it without faith or trying to handle it without God. That's the greatest problem you face. Proverbs would say it this way. 
Pride comes before a fall. Isaiah would say it this way. If you don't stand firm in your faith, then you do not stand at all. You fall. So, so the greatest problem we face is not the too much that's on us. It's that we want to try to handle it our way or in our methods. That's the Word of God. But, but in, inside of this verse that we just read, we said inside of this verse, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you do not stand at all, there's an invitation here. And the invitation is this. When God allows or life causes too much to come on us, it's an opportunity to trust. It's an opportunity to trust God. Now, that's, that, that, that's hard because a lot of us, we want to get our life in a position where we don't have to trust God, right? And we got enough money, you know, we got enough this, enough of that. We just, and, and then some of us, we, we think wrongly about God and our relationship with God is messed up. And here's our relationship. Here's what we think. We think, man, if God will just bless me, then I'll trust him. Hey, if God will just take this away, if God will just give me this and take this away, take away the bad, bring more good, then I'll trust God. Yeah, God's good because life's good. And I think it's really, what, what I think, I hope we're seeing in the text of the Word of God is that really this is backwards. If we trust Him, then He'll bless us. And so sometimes we've got to unlearn bad thought patterns. All right, but God is so interested in, us, in building trust with us. That's like his mission. And, and, and I'll stop. Why does God want us to trust him? Because you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's relational. You cannot have a close, intimate relationship without trust. You just can't do it. And, and, and so he's trying to always build this trust. And so he goes to Ahaz and he says this to him. He says, hey, Ahaz, you don't believe me? Ask for a sign. Oh, ask for a sign? And he goes, it can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. So you just pick it. Anything from the depths of hell to the highest of heaven. You just pick it. But Ahaz replied, I won't ask. I will not test the Lord. And, and really, the re this, is, he, this sounds spiritual. Sometimes we can say spiritual things to hide behind, you know, to hide and cover up our fear and cover up our desire to be in control. This is really him saying, oh, I'm not going to ask you for anything because I've already got my plan. I've already got my pattern. I've already got my method of how I'm going to handle the too much to handle that's on me. And so Isaiah says to him, listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? And therefore, he says, here, here we go. Here's the prophecy about Jesus, right? It's all born out of a situation where there was too much to handle. And here's what he says. Matthew's already, we've already read this in Matthew 1. The Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So you know what verse 14 teaches us? Too much to handle is an opportunity to trust. Too much to handle is an opportunity to know Emmanuel. That when God puts too much to handle, life puts too much to handle, I go stupid and create consequences that are too much to handle. That's an opportunity to know Emmanuel. And the whole purpose of the Bible, the whole purpose of God's mission on earth is so we come to know him when we rebelled against him and said, no, God, I've got it. I'll do it my way. 
Do you know why we're saying, hey, invite as many people as you can to come to Christmas services next weekend with you at all six of our campuses? Because we think the best gift we can give anyone, anyone, anywhere is knowledge and the gift of getting to know Emmanuel. So why, why are we, the best gift you can give your friend, your family member, the person you see at work, the barista that fixes your coffee three days a week when you go to the same coffee shop, the best gift you can give them is not how you're doing, it's not a gift card to Starbucks or a Visa MasterCard, whatever, it is help them know Emmanuel. That is the purpose of God, that is why he puts too much on us so that we might look to him and say, hey God, would you be with me? Would you be with me? Now, let, let's think about this, okay? <clears throat> I'm going to use the word peace, okay? I'm going to put peace in a triangle, right? Uh, this is inside of you. And, and, and what's your peace equation? What, peace in the, in the Bible is like flourishing, feeling good about life and, and, and yourself, right? It's not absence of war. It's, it's, it's absence and, pause and presence of things, okay? So, so most of us would say, Matt, I, I feel peace you know, and you just feel it in. When I've got enough money, when people like me, I, I feel peace when, when, you know, the doctor says it's all fine. I, I feel peace when, you know, my team's winning on Saturday or on Sunday. And we just sort of fill in and say, that's what makes me feel peace. All right? And, and so we take that and we say, okay, God, do those things for me. And then God gives us too much to handle when he takes away one of our faults, the fault sides of our triangle, Right? When, you take, when we have less money than we'd like to have so we don't have peace. When we have less friends than we'd like to have and we don't have peace. When, when work is not as good so we don't have peace. But, but what we see emerging in Matthew and Isaiah is the triangle of peace or the triangle of trust in God has three sides. Okay? And, and, and it's not money and it's not likes on Facebook and it's not a clean bill from the doctor or it's, it's not, hey, everything worked out in my math class or whatever. Here's the three sides of the triangle. And, and, and we see them. They're all in the text. God is with me. God is guiding me. God is working for my good. God is with me, Emmanuel. God is guiding me. And God is working for my good. Now, now think about that with Joseph, right? Hey, Joseph, Mary's pregnant. Woo! How is God with me? How is God guiding me? How is God working for my good? No peace. <laughs> No peace in the home now. In fact, we're going to end this thing. But, but then God comes and says, no, 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 it's from me. This whole thing's from me, Joseph. And hey, and you're going you're gonna to raise Emmanuel, so I'm with you. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you how to handle this. And ultimately, the little boy that Mary is pregnant with, you know why he's coming? To save the world from their sins. Now, let me ask you this, okay? In your life, your situation, your, your deal, whatever you walked in here with, if you built a triangle of trust and believed those three things, you'd have peace. It, it doesn't look like the temporary false peace of the world that says, hey, if I'm healthy, if I'm wealthy, and life is good in this season, then I have peace. It, it doesn't look like that. It's deeper than that. But if, if we really, really believe the Prince of Peace, right? We sing that song. We read that in the Bible. God is with me. God is guiding me. God is working for my good. If you really believe that, we'd have peace. 
And so when God puts too much on us, it's really to kind of break away the, the, the false pseudo piece, the false sides of the triangle that we, tried to, we try to build for ourselves through control and anger or manipulation and money and replace it with three sides of God is with me, God is guiding me, God is working for my good. All right, so in the time we have, I want to ask this question. All right, how do we live this? All this stuff we've been talking about. How do we live it when too much happens? All right? Hey, okay, okay, I, I get it, Matt. Uh, too much to handle. I can know Emmanuel. Too much to handle. Opportunity to trust God. The, the whole triangle. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I'm sitting here in church. You know, we've got, we're comfortable climbing. Everything's good. But when I walk out that door, Matt, I've got to deal with something tomorrow morning. I've got an email and a text message waiting to respond. You know, you haven't seen what people said about me on Facebook. That's why I'm not on it. Right? I mean, all those things, right? How, how, how do we live this? Let me give us some thoughts, okay? First one is this. You got to know the reason for the season. You got to know the reason for the season. Now, let me, let me tell you something. You, the, the season of too much on you. Do you know why Jesus came? And we say Jesus is the reason the season. I sort of disagree with that. I think I'm the reason. You're the reason. We're the reason for the season. Jesus came because we couldn't handle it. Jesus came because Matt Evans cannot save Matt Evans from Matt Evans' sin problem. Jesus came because Matt Evans has a death problem, and I can't solve that problem. Jesus came because this world is broken, and I am not equipped to live in a broken world. So, Merry Christmas. You're the reason for the season. I'm the reason for the season. Because I need Jesus to save me. I need Emmanuel to be with me. Listen to how Paul says it, 2 Corinthians 1. He says this, word of God, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. That's too much to handle, right? But as a result of this, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only on God who raises the dead. We learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. We learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Here's the irony of Christmas. To receive the gift of Jesus, I first must receive the gift of too much. The unexpected gift of too much. If you are a Christ follower, Christian, born again, whatever phrase you like, if you are a Christ follower here this weekend, let me just tell you what had to happen. And if this didn't happen, you may not actually be a Christ follower. You had to have a point in your life where you looked at your sin debt, your rebellion against a good, holy, eternal God, and you said, God, this is too much. I can't pay for it. I can't get out of the slavery of it. I can't create a new name for myself. I am a sinner, and I need a Jesus. The Lord saves. That's what his name means. So I am going to embrace the gift. I am going to embrace my sinfulness, my brokenness, and I want to give all that to you and receive Christ and receive life in Christ. To get the gift of Jesus, I must have the gift of too much. I must say, hey, this is too much for me. To get to know God better than you know God today, frequently God's going to give to put too much on you so you can come to know him as a father, as a sovereign king, as a leader, as a comforter, as a counselor, as a guide, right? So I want to ask you, some of you, okay? Have you ever looked at your sin, your rebellion against God and said, God, I, I can't be good enough. I can't pray enough. I can't do enough brownie points. 
I've got a sin problem, God. It's too much for me, and I want to give my sins to you. And I want to invite you to be my forgiver, and I want you to be my leader, and I need Emmanuel, and I need Jesus. If, if, that, if, 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 you're not, if you haven't done that, and right now you're like, that's the gift I need. I want to invite you in your heart and mind to say yes to Jesus Christ. Yes to Emmanuel. Yes to Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And tonight and this weekend, he saves you. And, and, and I'm going to keep talking because I've got a few more things. But you're going to take this blue card. It's the best way to communicate with us. Or you're going to see your campus pastor, venue pastor after the service. And you're going to say, hey, this, this day, I got Jesus. And we'll help you. And we'll talk to you. It's the best decision and the best gift. Best decision you can make and the best gift you can receive. Let's keep walking through this, okay? So, so well, here's what we said first, right? <clears throat> we said first, we know the reason for the season. God puts too much, allows too much, so we look to him, right? So we learn to trust. Second thing we have to do is this. I have to push pause on my typical pattern. When, when there's too much on me, my typical pattern, I shared with you what mine was, yours is something else, you have to push pause. You have to say, okay, I, I can't do what I normally do when I feel stressed or anxious. I can't do what I normally do when there's too much on me. I'm going to pause that pattern, okay, and open myself up to something new. And oftentimes, that means I'm going to have to put something down. I'm going to have to put something down. What do I mean by put something down? I'm going to have to put down my right or desire to be in control. I'm going to have to put down my anger. I'm going to have to get out. If I'm king of ram, I'm going to have to put down my desire to go into an unholy alliance with Assyria. If I'm Joseph, I'm going to have to put down my plan to divorce my pregnant fiance, even though I'm not the father. I'm going to have to put something down. And, and a lot of times what you're putting down is something God never asked you to pick up in the first place. And it just gets in the way of him being Emmanuel, of him being Jesus for you. Somebody, you need to put something down? Put something down. And, and then finally, we're going to give this too much. We're going to give it to Jesus. We're just going to give it to him. And, and you know what that's normally going to look like? And when, when you, to know when you give it to him, it's going to look like unnatural obedience unnatural obedience like for, for joseph if you read on in verse 24 it'll say this when joseph got up from sleeping he did as the lord's angel had commanded him he did something that was not natural it didn't fit in with the cultural norms of the day but he did it because he gave the whole thing that was too much he gave it and he just said i'll, I'll do it your way god so we're going to give it to jesus and trust god is with me god is guiding me God is working for my good because he's my Jesus and he's my Emmanuel. Let's pray. Hey, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to get ready uh, to respond. And uh, I just want us to have a moment because I feel like there's some business we all need to do in our mind and souls with God right now. I just don't want us to miss this opportunity. So if there's something right now you need to give to the Lord, and, and, and what you've been doing is, is your typical, you're going to pause that, and, and, and maybe you need to put something down. But God, we just want to say in our hearts that whatever we're dealing with, whatever we're facing, we just want to give it to you.
and invite you to be Jesus, the Lord saves, and invite you to be Emmanuel, God is with us. And God, in some weird way that I, I can't explain, we're going to say thank you for the gift of too much if it helps us get to know you better and trust you more. Now, as we're praying, every head bowed, every eye closed, if anybody needs to tell us that, that today is the day they're going to say yes to Christ as Savior, yes to Christ as Lord, we're going to invite you to use the blue card to tell us that. Your next step is to get baptized. Why? Because Jesus said, that's what my people do, to show that I've saved them and to show that I'm with them. And so when our offering baskets are passed in a minute, you'll just drop this card in there. Again, we're continuing to pray because some of you are facing too much, and you just need to know some people that, that love you and are praying for you. So on this card, you can write down a prayer request, and you place that in a basket. A team of people will lift you up in the name of Jesus. God, I want you to have our hearts, have our minds, have our lives. God, we want to end giving praise and glory to you and for what you did on a holy, holy night a long time ago. You invaded history to be with us and to save us. God, we ask you right now to invade our hearts, to save us, to be with us. Pray all these things in the name of Emmanuel, the name of Jesus. Amen.